This is Saster's Founders Favorite Series, where you can hear some of the best of the best from Saster speakers. This is where the cloud meets. We're hosting a one-day event, August 29th, right here in San Francisco. Our greatest of all time speakers will lead tactical sessions on sales, marketing, and customer success. Head to www.sasterscale.com and grab your ticket today. Up today, Google Cloud VP of Engineering, A.L. Manor, and Xenos CMO, Megan Luters. Hi, I'm Ayal. Uh, thanks for joining us today. So we have a lot to talk about. There's many interesting things. And just before we uh, jump right in, maybe I'll have a question for you, Megan. Um, so Gartner says 2018, the SaaS market is over $73 billion. It's growing very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. It's changing the landscape for large enterprise that you're very familiar with. What are your thoughts? How do companies go through this journey? Well, it's certainly something that's not overnight. Mm -hmm. And I think in answering that, I'll give you a little bit of background quickly on Xenos. Um, we have traditionally, we've been around since 2005 and traditionally have been a, a software on-prem business. And what we saw along the journey in the last couple of years was that our customer was changing. They were changing. They were moving to the cloud. They wanted real-time results. They needed faster updates. And we are in the business of providing modern uh, monitoring to hybrid infrastructures. And in order to be relevant to businesses that were moving to the cloud, we needed to be able to keep pace with what was happening to these customers. And one of the things that we realized is that continuing to build an on-premise software business was not gonna, was not gonna do that for us. And so we actually had to make some major adjustments and look for an alternative way to deliver the software, which clearly meant that we needed to move to the cloud full time. And it, the same customer challenges that we were being presented, which was how do you scale? How can you automate? Um, do you have a great user experience for my, for my workforce, my IT ops and, and possibly up and coming DevOps teams? We needed to be able to answer in the solution that we needed to build going forward. And what challenge that presented to us was, how do we do that quickly? Uh, we needed to stay relevant along the customer's journey, and we needed to find our own cloud provider that was going to allow for us to scale quickly, to have the security that we knew customers were demanding when they were searching for cloud platforms. We needed to make sure that was automated. Um, and that they would work, a cloud partner would work with us. And so some of those same challenges that customers were facing, we ourselves were facing. And uh, that ultimately is what led us to become a Google Cloud customer. But what we, what we saw is that it was speed, it was scalability, it was security, reliability, but also on the development side, who was going to take us faster to market from a development perspective um, when we made our selection to, to ultimately pick a cloud provider. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great story about the journey. And I think it's a journey that many in the audience probably uh, are experiencing. And moving faster is kind of a theme that SaaS is all about. So we want to develop software faster. The landscape is changing very fast, the business environment and adoption. So how would you 
share your perspectives and learning with kind of non-technical maybe uh, CEOs and founders uh, from your journey? Yeah, I think founders and, and just like what we experienced at Xenos is that founders and the executive team, they have to really build and desire to have a culture of curiosity and constant learning. And uh, El and I were just talking just moments ago about how our team really, when we were deciding to, to embark upon this cloud and, and movement to SaaS journey, we needed to ensure that we had a culture of including people into the decision-making process and looking for alternative ways to solving these customer challenges. And ultimately, what that led us to was inviting questions, inviting proposals that we, we possibly wouldn't have considered before, but it all stemmed from um, having a, a deep culture of curiosity and learning. What about you with, with Google? What would you say to, to the, some of the non-technical leaders here? So one insight I had recently, so I've been building cloud uh, services for a while, and the conversation I've been having with uh, partners and uh, customers has changed a lot throughout the years. If you just think about cloud and cloud APIs and SaaS just two years ago, what type of services you had. So most of the conversation was about storage and compute and you know how to move fast. In the last two years, there have been so many new services around security, around machine learning that literally did not exist. So the conversation is changing. The point you made earlier is exactly spot on, which is development velocity is strategic to everyone here. We have to move faster. We have to release software faster. We have to have automation, DevOps, and security built in. So a lot of the technology landscape is changing. So if I'm speaking on a non-technical hat, we have to explain how to get the most of the engineering team. And then the second part of it is how to go to market even faster, how to get distribution to channels and partners and be part of a larger ecosystem that can integrate to your SaaS offering. So those are the two sides of, of the equation. Perfect. So, so let's build on that a little bit more and talk a, a little bit more specifically about technology. Um, you know, one of the things that we have encountered, and I know you have with many of the SaaS customers that you're working with, is that customers today are demanding a, a much more technical discussion when selling your product and solution. And whether they want to know more about security or scalability or automation or AI, um, the, the customers are really demanding that the vendors are coming to market with answers to these questions. Can you speak to what you've seen with this and how Google is really accommodating these requests from customers as well as partners? Yes. So one trend I've been observing in the past two years is, first of all, is the rise of containers and the rise of Kubernetes. And that's kind of why I asked it, you know, a little bit earlier who started four years ago, because actually those technologies did not really exist at the scale they are today. And the reason it's important for you is to be part of you know, the open standards, not be depend on, dependent on a specific cloud technology or environment if you need to work on-premise, if you need to work in whatever cloud you need to work in a consistent way that accelerates your development environment. So one trend is just containers, Kubernetes, and how that auto-scales in a very uh, seamless way wherever you are. The second thing is to be cloud agnostic and just be able to be portable. And that's the only way pretty much to do that today is based on open source technology, whether it's the open source databases, other infrastructure components, containers, TensorFlow, 
and so on and so forth that I'm sure many of you are using on a day in, day out. And you don't want to make the decision to be locked in in certain APIs too soon because the business world is changing and your customers may demand that you run on certain locations and there are more and more regulations, compliance, GDPR, data residency that everyone at a certain scale has to be compliant with. So I think having this open platform is actually a strategic uh, decision that the sooner companies can make, the better. And, you know, I'll add, I'll add one quick thing to that, especially so many of you raised your hand that you're, you're a business, maybe not in the, quite the technical role. And, and from a business perspective, I will say strategically picking the partners that you go to market with can really help advance the conversation with the end customer. And while what we sell in nature at Xenos is something already complex enough, um, the, the added level of complexity that comes because of what we do uh, really lends itself well to ensuring that we have strategically worked with the best partners who can also accompany us in the sales cycle. Um, so a, a great example of that is when, when we're selling to a large financial institution and we do sell to, to kind of the global 2000, they are expecting a discussion on security and scalability. And so we have to bring partners to the table. And there are some partners we work with that are more than willing to come into that sales conversation with us. And there's other partners that aren't. And to all the CEOs or to the, the heads of um, business development, when you are strategically looking at who to align your business with, I certainly would, would strongly recommend looking for partners that want to go to market with you. And for us, uh, you know, I, I will say Google has actually been that uh, tremendously, as well as some of our other partners um, that, we, that we have, we've worked very closely with. But they're actually accompanying us in the sales team, our sales cycle, and it's something that's accelerated our time to market, but also our close one uh, success as well. Yeah, so we work very closely with our partners and we've worked together for a while now. And that means, you know, engineering to engineering, getting access to the latest technology that we've been developing over the years, making sure that we can work together on security, around what enterprise customers really want. And you're absolutely spot on. They're very demanding customers. And they want to know, where are you running? Where is your storage? How is data being managed? What about compliance? Things like customer managed encryption keys. Things like data residency, IAM policies. All of those at a certain scale are something that the large enterprise customers uh, are must have. And you need a partner to work with you, go, to you, go with you to the customer and kind of make sure the solution is, is well designed. And we, we do that together with our customers and partners. And the list of security and compliance just keeps growing and growing. And actually, it's very challenging because it integrates into CI/CD. if you want BNOS for signed containers to know what's running on production. There is access transparency, audit logging, and then runtime security. There is nothing that's more important than just protecting the user's data. We take that super seriously. But as a SaaS provider, when you have multi-tenancy and you don't want to over-provision one tenant that's pretty large and growing very fast over a smaller tenant, everyone should get the same policies and securities they deserve, it can actually become, multi-tenancy can actually become a real technical challenge. So how do you solve that? How do you do runtime layer, you know, three, four, all the way to seven with encryption, identity, network policies, and you need really a platform that will help you focus on the business logic that makes 
your SaaS offering differentiated. And then we'll, we'll talk about the data and machine learning, but just the aspects of security to be able to scale, I'm pretty sure most companies here can spend 10, 20, or 30% of their engineering time just on the scale. And my kind of job in life is to really take away a lot of the toil and the cluster management and all the infrastructure and make sure you can focus just on the code that differentiates you. So it's a journey also. We're not ready yet, but there is a lot of investment in that direction. And when you when you were talking to CEOs and CTOs today, what do you believe is the, the biggest technology cha challenge that they are facing as a SaaS company? I mean, you've just mentioned several things. What, what is their biggest challenge and what should they be focused on, whether they're a CEO or a CTO? What would, you, what would you say they should be focused on today? So we spoke about security, but one of the biggest trends we alluded to was the emergence of new AI services. So if you look again, two years back, not so long, even if you wanted to do simple anomaly detection or focus on one tenant that's growing very fast and you don't want to have the noisy neighbor problem where that tenant can take resources from another tenant and so on. And you want to do that in an efficient way. So how do you do anomaly detection in a simple way? How do you automate all the DevOps processes to take out a lot of the people and have compliance in place? And last, and maybe the most important part is as you build the SaaS service, a lot of the new trends are B2D. You build APIs for developers to consume and that actually creates automatic billing and and, and so on. So as you do that, you get access to the customer data. How do you protect the data and how do you give the customer back the insights they need? So a lot of the companies that started from SaaS are actually business intelligence companies if you look at it. And that's where the market is heading right now. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious to know what are some of the, the, the most innovative SaaS companies doing today with ML and AI and, and what could some of the, the SaaS companies here learn from that? So, so I can give, that's a great question. I can give one real example. Let's say you're into billing and there are multiple billing companies in the cloud and on-premise, whether it's subscription, pay-as-you-go, prepay, billing is an area that I'm sure everyone here, all the senior people spend a lot of time on invoicing rhetoric. But really, when you think about billing, it's not about the revenue, it's about the insight you can get from consumption and what to give your customers, how to predict capacity, how to tell them how to run the business, both on the cost side and on the revenue side. So that's just one example, one use case is that with machine learning, we can gain a lot of business knowledge. And generally there are three types of machine learning that I've seen in SaaS. One is you have a very strong team of data scientists. You can build your own model, you train on your data. You have CICD so you can optimize and every day try a new model, have A-B testing, all that requires pretty deep knowledge and there are many companies that can do that. Two is just to use an API, if it's natural language or predefined models for uh, vision, for, for voice, those are fairly strong and accurate these days. And three, if you just want to get from the experience of the thousands of models that we developed in our cloud, there are things like AutoML. You actually, your engineers actually don't need to know the depth of machine learning. You upload the data, you get back patterns and labels, and it's really easy to use. So AutoML and automation around machine learning is something we're investing heavily in just to make it really easy to use. Well, it's interesting. So I'll give you a flip perspective from a sales and marketing standpoint. 
uh, ML and AI have really become dominant into our discussion in terms of how do I go to market differently and how can I use all this rich customer data or customer insights that is being collected by perhaps a multitude of vendors that I might have in my tech stack to um, ensuring that the vendors that I do, do go invest in are really using uh, the most advanced technology. And so I'll give a, a quick example. Uh, at Xenos, again, we, our target market is global 2000, large enterprise customers. And our marketing strategy is completely an ABM approach. And just like probably many of you in this room, got very targeted emails to come have lunch or dinner or come meet my executive. That was all ABM and we do the same thing. Without the intelligence in some of these tools today, I would not be able to consume these customer insights that are telling me where vendors are, where manufacturers are, where my prospects are going. And everything about ABM is about ensuring that I know exactly my target audience. I know where they are at all times. I know who works with them, around them, the relationships they have, even the tech stack that they already have that may be competitive to what I sell. And so without some of the machine learning that I'm able to apply to some of those deep customer insights, I can't strategically work with my partner in crime, the head of sales, to ensure that his sales team is proactively reaching those enterprise customers at the right time, at the right place, with the right messaging. And how I work every day is, is predicated on having this rich insight through, again, a couple of couple various tech, tech vendors um, and pulling it all together quickly and having some very intelligent discussions with the sales team, not just at the early buyer's journey, but then when you think about later stage, the customers on board, I can start to see things about that customer and their user behavior, or perhaps they're starting to, uh, to even investigate competitors, and I don't like what I'm seeing. I can absolutely bring that conversation to not only our customer success team, our support team, as well as clearly our sales and expansion team. So there is just a multitude of information that's at our fingertips from a sales and, sales and marketing perspective, uh, clearly down to the engineering perspective with, with what's happening in the, um, the AI and ML landscape. Yes, and I would add to that that building APIs um, for your customers and internally for your engineering team and having easy access to parts of the system is kind of a key component. So what I've seen with you know large customers is if you have well-defined APIs that are really easy to integrate to, then that creates an ecosystem on the customer premise and you need to understand and gain insight how many developers are using your product. Who are the new developers? And to your point, like what's the customer journey for someone that has been using your product for the first week or two? How can you help them kind of learn and get off the initial kind of learning curve versus the experts that have been using that? And all of those insights are data rich. Now, again, there are new metrics every week. So you want to think holistically is how to get insight from your customer journey from your system itself. How do you instrument the system to collect those insights so you'll have deep knowledge who is using, how they're using, who are the big uh, you know, uh, growth customers, and how do I reach out to them and vice versa if someone is struggling so to get the customer success and help them out. So deep integration from day one of the data pipelines in real time is uh, super critical. We invest a lot in our uh, Kubernetes engine platform to just add more and more of those insights and dashboards and alerts built in. So as you bring your container, 
everything auto scales up and down and you get those insights and usage without needing to invest even one line of code. Right? I think that wraps I up think our, that's time. Exactly yeah, our we, time. We have hit our mark. Yes. Um, thank you so much for our time. Anything else you want to end with? Thank you, Megan. And, and it's been a, you know, a great partnership and I encourage kind of everyone to think about their partners and how to scale and uh, no one can do it by themselves. 